We're very excited about our partnerships. And I think it all is driven by the strength of the product and the fact that it's actually delivering improvement and engagement. Our vision really is that every golfer is going to be a smart golfer tracking their data. It's not like that we're going to make golf about tracking data. Golf is always going to be about golf and the memories. That's what we're going to deliver is better memories for you. But the secondary thing while you're playing behind the scenes is this engine that's capturing what you're doing so that you can always do better, understand where your problems lie and make smart smarter decisions and lead to happier outcomes. This data, not only is it going to drive decision-making for the golfer, we believe it's going to drive decision-making for the entire golf industry. I think instruction is going to be very different. Instructors are going to be empowered because right now when you're coming, how's a teacher supposed to know where your problem lies on the course? They haven't gone out and played five rounds with you and understood like, what, where are you losing shots? And nobody can afford to do that. You can't pay for that stuff. Nobody has that money. This makes it possible for your teacher to be so much more efficient. I would say 10x more efficient in terms of helping you get better. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Sal Sayed, co-founder and CEO of Arcos Golf. Arcos is the world's leading provider of automatic, on-course data capture and advanced analytics for golfers. Arcos leverages the power of data, cloud computing, and machine learning to deliver insights that help golfers of all skill levels to maximize their potential and optimize their enjoyment. And just so our listeners know, this is not an infomercial. I have used Arcos Golf and their sensors. It's helped me incredibly, and my game needs a lot of help. And the reason I'm having Sal on, I'm very honored to say here, Sal, this is episode number 80. You are our very first, second time repeat guest. So Sal, welcome back to the Modgo podcast. Thank you, Colin. Honored to be back and honored to be the first, second time guest. Good to have you, Sal. So as I said, we do not do infomercials on the Mod Golf podcast. That's not the way we roll here. We talk about entrepreneurship and just happens to be all the awesome things that the entrepreneur is working on or is creating, has created, will create. So I need to catch up on all the good things that's happened in the last two years with Arcos mm-hmm. Golf because I've been following you and you guys have not stood still on innovation. So why don't we roll back? Uh, of course, I want all our listeners and I'll point them to the direction of our first episode two years ago. But why don't you give a very brief description of, hey, introduce yourself and give us the elevator pitch at Arcos and then we'll kind of go from there, Sal. Sure. So I'm Sal Sayed, CEO and co-founder of Arcos Golf. I've always been in startups. I was a data architect, so a software engineer before going to business school and then started Arcos after business school and co-founded it with a couple other people. And I'm a passionate golfer. Love golf, love technology and Arcos is, and love data. So it's like, I never feel like I'm at work. That's what I do. And Arcos, what is Arcos? I would say we're a technology data science company for golf. Uh, What we help you do is we help you capture all your shots on the course automatically, and then we break it down with advanced analytics and AI and machine learning and strokes gain and all these words sound really complicated. But in the end, what we do is we deliver exactly what you should be doing to get better. And our average user in their first season improves by 4.2 shots, their handicap. So our average user come in is about a 16, they drop to a 12. We have a whole bunch of scratch golfers that have gone to plus. So it's like it helps the entire spectrum of golfers. And it's very authentic in terms of the way it interacts with your game as minimal disruption while you play. And then the analytics are great and we're making them even better this summer. 
Wow. So there's there's more to come. There's going to be a big reveal. But in the yeah, meantime, you will really tell cool us all the new coming. things you've, you've been doing and also the partnerships that you've built over the last couple of years to propel you mm-hmm. forward. We'll, we'll get into those also. But I can talk once again with myself here, being a bit of a fan of what you do. It has helped me. I have to. I don't have my phone in front of me here right now, so I can't open it up to see the data. But I've dropped easily four to five strokes since I started using it. And the fact that I've got an, I've got enough of a data set that it has unlocked Arco's caddy. So it now tells me, uh, yeah, put that eight iron back in your bag there uh, and your ego at the same time. That's a seven mm-hmm. iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it tells me that also with uh, the GPS tethering on the golf course, mm-hmm. elevation, wind, all those good things. And it is literally like having a caddy and the interface and the the user, the UX design is frictionless and elegant and and you're not even paying me. I'm saying all this stuff. It's it's really, really great. So you're welcome. So if people may think out there, oh, this sounds really complicated. I'm not a math person or I'm not a tech person. This sounds way too complicated for me. So tell us the journey. Let's say I order. I have already done this. I'm not going to tell my journey. You've now sent me, you sent me a box of Arco sensors. What do I do then to get them from out of the box and on the golf course and tracking yeah, data for me? Great point. I will share that, but maybe before I answer that, I'll say one thing maybe that will frame my answer. Um, So when you look at the iPhone, you know exactly how to use it. It's very simple to use, but the technology behind it is really complicated. And I would say that's kind of like our driving inspiration. Steve Jobs had a great quote that I read many, many, many years ago, which said that the real sophistication is simplification. So what we look to do, and we worked with IDEO, which is the top design firms in the country. They were the ones that came up with the concept of the mouse, the computer mouse. And so we really focus on human computer or human mobile interaction to simplify it, to keep it really elegant and easy for you to use. And so the way the sensors work, you buy the box, or if you buy a set of clubs from Ping or Cobra, the sensors are already embedded there. There's a one-time pairing process. You have to have a sensor in each one of your clubs. So if you buy a set of Ping or Cobra irons, we actually ship you the extra seven or seven or eight sensors that you might need for your other clubs, your drivers, hybrids, or wedges or putter that you might not have purchased. Right, um, right. And then there's a one-time pairing process when you install the sensors. It's simple. as a hole on top of each grip. They just insert right in, and they're very small. If you're buying the smart grips, then they're embedded in the grip. So you don't even see them. And then there's one-time pairing process. So we know which sensor is attached to which club. And it's a really cool process where you basically take a picture. Like the, you pull out your phone and there's a like Arcos app asks for access to your camera. And you're just scanning the sensors in. Very elegant, very simple, and just like a little bit of magic. And then what you do is next time you show up to your course, once you're paired, uh, the pairing process, the whole thing might take you all of five minutes to set up. Once you're done, when you show up to the course, you just basically launch the app. We already know what course you're on. You just click start round, put your phone in your pocket, and you go. And the way we know where your shots end up is every time you make contact with the golf ball, it triggers the sensor, sends a message message to the smartphone saying, hey, I was a driver. I was just hit. You can take practice swings. You can like, I would say you continue with your golfing behaviors and we're able to record, I would say 95% plus of the shots, the shots that we're not able to capture are things like gimme putts where you didn't really take the putt and you picked up. Or if you hit a penalty shot, like you hit it out of bounds, then you have to tell the app and you can do that in play or you can do it after the round. I do it after the round. Half our users do it during play, have to half edit after the round, but it takes... 
maybe two, three minutes to true up after the round, which you can do once you get home or whenever, honestly. Uh, and then you get all your amazing stats about what you did well, what you did wrong. So you can actually start to get better at golf. And, and then while you're playing, we're actually giving you, that's what Colin, you were alluding to. Since we're capturing every shot you're taking, after about five rounds, we get a really good sense of which are your good clubs, which are your bad clubs. How far do your clubs go? And most people think they know how far they hit, but the reality is they don't. Honestly, there's like a reason why that is where the human beings, I mean, our brain is designed in such a way where we remember exceptional information and the average information we kind of file away because it's not that important, mostly for us, like the exceptional events trigger like a fight or flight kind of instinct. And so we remember. So when you hit a great shot and it's like it's that's why we've survived all this time. So when you hit a great shot, that triggers those endorphins and it goes in like the memory portion where you can recall that great shot. That's where overconfidence comes from. And then when you hit a bad shot, that also gets seared in your mind. And then you end up making decisions on your greatest shots, like five iron, you hit that 190 that one time. Yeah, it went one time out of 10, 190. <laughs> you shouldn't be making decisions on that 190. So we're able to help you overcome that bias. And as you're playing, we're giving you club recommendations, which you can, that feature you can turn on and off. So if you're playing in a tournament round, you can turn it off. We won't give you your club recommendations. We create an AI rangefinder. So as you're playing, it's giving you a distance to the flag, front, middle, back as well, which takes elevation, slope, wind, humidity, and all that stuff into account to really tell you like, okay, this is what it's playing at. And then you can make smarter decisions about your club selection on that too. And I've certainly been able to make uh, more rational, less ego-fueled decisions. I use the term bias there. I look at it as, yes, as ego bias, mm-hmm. <laughs> remembering those best shots. But on the other hand, and I, I, I will give Arcos credit for this. Well, maybe my golf swing's improved also with my friends over at Golf Tech because they've helped me every single week too, that I've had two hole-in-ones since, since using Arcos. So you know, uh, I, I, re- I remember those two shots. <laughs> it's amazing. It's funny. I've had four... Uh, in my life, three since uh, using Arcos. And at our company, we have maybe 50 people. And of that, seven, I think it's seven people have had holes in one since they've been at the company, which is kind of crazy. Uh, wow. And so that made me think, you know, like we should look at our data. And too many people I know here have holes in one. And when I talk to regular golfers, like I don't really run into that many people who've had holes in one. And so we looked at our data and our users get holes in one at a 5.5x pace compared to what regular uh, golfers do out there. And this is based on insurance data. So how hole-in-one insurance works. So based on that. So those guys know what they're insuring against. Yeah. And and that's kind of amazing. But it's it makes sense because like literally what we're doing is telling you how far your clubs are going. So on a par three, which is like a perfect like flat lie, and you can move it two yards back and forth or whatever. You get like two club lengths, I guess, to move back. But like it gives you the opportunity to really play to your number, the awareness and all that stuff. So so it makes sense, but it's cool to actually see it being represented truly in data. Yeah. Well, and speaking of data, I've just got uh, this dashboard maybe out of date now off your website, but I've seen you've been going for three years. You launched in May 2017, and you have a data set uh, that includes more than 75 million shots. That's crazy. That's so <laughs> that's that's so good. We have, so, yeah, we have 200 million shots now. That's 200 million. So I guess you need to update that. Actually, yeah, yeah, it's actually more than 200 million. It was 200 million in January. So wow. we do need to update that. Thanks for pointing that, that out. Is, yeah. That is crazy. So I want to ask you this. I don't know if you're able to then get more granular through your users. It all depends on, of course, with the personas that they upload. 
Do you actually know what skill level, age, demographic, gender? And I guess where I'm going with this, Sal, is we always talk about growth of the game and onboarding new people to make it more inviting, making it more welcoming, making it more fun. Are you finding, who is your demographic? Who are you finding sales to? What age, what skill level? Are there beginners that are now finding they're using this that makes it easier? Why don't you Mm -hmm. kind of shine a little bit of light on that of what you've discovered over the last three years? I mean, it's funny. Like when we started, I would say my bias was I thought it's going to be the really good golfers who are really going to care. Turns out who we care to, it's more a psychographic than a demographic. We care to people who are looking to improve and believe in the power of data. Like when we started five, six years ago, I think there were more questions around, can data really help my golf game? Now, I would say that people question that less. Plus, people have seen how effectively data has transformed so many other industries over the past decade. So I think that's less. So so it really is people who are looking to improve who believe in the power of data. And those are people who are our users. And if you don't believe data can help you, like we probably can't just convince you based on our product. Like those are life experiences you probably have to go through to realize the power of data. But by and large, most people do. And we have people who are playing the U.S. Amateur and made it to the quarterfinals or whatever. Actually, we have people who've made it to the PGA Tour who've used Arcos. But at the same time, we have people who have shot 130 or want to shoot 110. So where are those 20 shots going to come from? They've used Arcos to answer that question. So it like really is the entire spectrum. It totally is a mindset. If you're looking to improve, play better and believe in the power of data, this is a natural thing for you. Nice. Okay. So you've talked about the numbers there. I would love for you to put a face to some of those numbers. And I've heard you, you're a pretty good storyteller. So I'd love you to share a couple of testimonials of uh, mm-hmm. success stories. Yeah. So put put a face in a, a couple of people. Yeah, I can and, pull a couple up. So what we do is we get all these emails. It's like such moving emails from our users. And it really motivates the company. And I mean, we're very much, a, I would say, open culture at Arcos. Whenever we get user stories, we share them. And I think like as we chat, I'll pull up some. Here's one. Let me see. <clears throat> I'm surprised. How do you know about this? I didn't like, uh, who told you about this? Like user testimonials and stuff. I, like, I, well, I see you have a testimonial, a video one on your website. And I just love okay. even what we do in the entrepreneurship space, as far as that social proof, as far as user generated content, and there's no better person. Well, even me at the beginning, does you couldn't shut me up of talking enough about you know, how much okay, I love, your, love your product. <laughs> yeah, I'll read a paragraph. I won't say the user's name except for first name's John. Uh, send us an email. And we get these like nonstop. It's like amazing. It's so empowering for us as entrepreneurs, as builders to read these because it really motivates you. And so as a company, I would say in each company meeting, we read like, well, and sometimes they're like looking for people looking for a product to get better. So we look at everything. And so here's one user, John writes. So this is going to take like a couple of minutes, but it's an interesting story. Go for it. I'd always been a high handicap golfer, but after my first son was born, I decided to really get into golf so I could teach him as he got older. I played for a year as much as I could, but wasn't seeing much progress or on getting better. I was coming up short, way long. My distances were all off, although my contact had improved. As I searched for ways to get better online, I came across Arcos. And the more I read into it, it seemed like a really cool idea to help me with my biggest issue, distance control. After buying them, I set up my app and clubs. And I played about five rounds with them, figuring out the app and how to best utilize it. The best day of my short golf life happened thanks to Arcos, and that's no exaggeration. I play at a local course often, Fleming Park, which is located inside of TPC Harding in San Francisco. A random Wednesday, I went out with my buddy and my dad. 
when after showing them the app and how the technology worked, I was giving them distances and yardage from the first three holes like an actual caddy would. Pretty cool. On the fourth hole, par 346 yard, I was suggested to use my 8-iron from the caddy feature. I made a great strike. The previous round, I'd used my pitching wedge on this hole. And as the ball rolled up onto the green, we lost sight behind the bunker, but the flag was located there as well. We all walked up, figured it was a good shot, but rolled off the green as none of us saw it. My dad was a little ahead of us, and he scanned the right rough. Nothing there. My friend yelled out, check the hole. As my dad slowly walked up to it, he threw his hands up in the air and jumped up. And instantly, the best feeling I could ever imagine on a golf course came over me. I had hold it. My dad had been playing 50 years and never got one and was there to witness it. Truly something I never imagined experiencing in my life. I honestly don't think I would have ever changed my club selection or got that distance without using Arcos. And I don't think it was a coincidence it happened once I began using it. A day I'll always remember and be able to tell my son about. And like how, what a great, I mean, moving thing to experience and so like those we get so many of these it's amazing it's really just motivating as you can see like when you read something like that about the work that you're doing and the impact on the life it's having of people and the moments and the memories it's creating that's really what motivates us oh wow that was a great story well you do not need to read a second one after that one because i think that one just crushed it there sal thank you for sharing that with us yeah Yeah, i can just imagine that as far as inspiring and motivating and just being ingrained in your culture and your why and your purpose yeah frame that one and it's like honestly there's so many of these like there are so many of these stories because i said this is a reflection of what golf means to people Because the stories we get are so tied to things that they're going to remember for the rest of their life, the moments, the experiences. And I would say that's the beauty of golf is it gives us that ability to connect with others, with moments, with events in a way where we otherwise would never be able to. And that's like a bond that that user and his dad that he's going to share and it's going to be talked by his son and his son's probably going to share with his son. So it's like incredible. That's amazing. I will say the first hole in one I did get, I was out by myself, six in the morning at a local par three course here. Then I just went out, played two balls, run around the course. So I was alone for the first one. So no one actually saw it, but I was with a friend the second one about that's awesome. five weeks later. So someone well, could actually believe me that I'm, that I'm telling the yeah, truth. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> my uh, my hole, holes in one have interesting stories. I won't bore you with those, but I would say there's another interesting story. I was playing, so we had a management and board and then partners product summit in Cape Cod. And I was part of the last group and we did a tournament and we were just launching the V1 of our rangefinder. And so we're testing that, tying it to club distances. And I had like a shot that I had to hit on the last hole, on the 18th hole where I'm the last group and everybody else is on the green. There's like, I don't know, 20, 30 people there. And I have to hole out to win. And I look at the number and it's like a perfect nine iron. And our VP of products, I didn't even know he was on my team. He videoed it for some reason. And I hit it and it literally, it bounced perfectly, rolls, 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 drops in the hole. (laughs) What? Can't make that up. So it's like video too. So that was really cool where everybody got to see it. And it's like a moment I'll remember because it's like we're right there with the team. It's like, like it's a capstone of like we're launching our rangefinder V1. And boy, does it work? (laughs) I just hold it. For the win. That's amazing. Yeah, for the that's, win. That's so good. So that was really so good. Cool. 
So thank you for sharing stories there. So we put the human side to what you do at Arcos. Can we now talk about the technology a bit more, the actual product? So can you mm-hmm. bring me up to speed since the ones I have that you were so you so generously gave to me at the PGA show two years ago? Of course, you've iterated, you've had newer versions that have come out. So what since then, as far as smart sensors and smart grips and even the evolution of Arcos Caddy, can you tell us yeah. what you have done over the last three, six, 12 months? Absolutely. So on the hardware side, sensor side, we have, as you know, two ways to connect your clubs. One is the sensors that you have. The other one is smart grips, which you can get whether you buy Cobra or Ping smart sets. We've formed partnerships over the last couple of years with Cobra and Ping, where all their new clubs are coming with Arcos sensors and a 90-day free trial of Arcos. And then also on the hardware side, we also, I mean, today you have to carry your phone in your pocket, which by the way, if you try doing it for four or five holes, you forget. And then the value we deliver with the GPS distances and the effect of the wind and creating these memories that we're talking about, we, like it more than compensates for some people. Like, I mean, honestly, Apple and Google spend billions of dollars training us to carry your phone in our pockets. Um, <laughs> rather than trying to convince you to change your behavior, we always want to account for and more elegantly handle golfing behavior. So we're, we're launching Arcos Link, which is like a GPS clip you can clip onto your belt or your pocket. Then you can put the phone in your bag or your cart or your locker, and it'll record all the shots for you. That is like really tough technical problem because essentially it's taking the iPhone, taking the screen away and turning it into a super small form factor, like a matchbox or smaller than that. So we've ran into some GPS accuracy, technical hurdles and added some features. So we're a little delayed in terms of when we want to launch, but now we're going to be, we're in a good spot in terms of getting uh, it out later this year. And we're constantly communicating with the users, sharing all the info around it. So that's a big one on the hardware side. And on the software side, we launched uh, what I was talking about, like the AI rangefinder, which takes all the weather variables into account, the effect wind's having, the effect gust is having. We get gusting for, so we give you like, okay, today it's gusting from all the way, like it's going to play from 150 to 158. So that kind of information wasn't available ever. And yeah. by the way, your eight iron is the play over here or seven iron, whatever it is. But that's really cool. We launched that to great reviews. And in fact, we did the hole in one analysis in December. We should look at it again, like if it's increased, further increased the hole in one or hole out frequency over the last five months. And then we have a major upgrade to our analytics platform coming up. And basically what it is, is we've taken strokes gained to the next level, which strokes gained sounds really complicated and whatever. It's basically the best way to analyze your game. And that's what we use today underneath to do your handicap breakdown. But now we're, we've decided it's time to expose it and take it to the next level. And what do I mean by that? I'll give you a few examples. One, we since we've got 200 million shots recorded, uh, stroke scan is a benchmarking methodology. So we have all this data. So we're gonna, what we've done is we've used um, neural net, which is the most advanced data science machine learning algorithms out there to create these uh, stroke scan benchmarks. And I won't bore you with the details, but I'll talk about how it's going to help golfers get better instead. And what it does is, number one, let's say you're a 15 handicap, you want to get to a 10. We have benchmarked what a 10 handicaps average performance is, and we'll tell you where those five strokes, where's the lowest hanging fruit? Where can you bring those five strokes down from? And we'll go to the depth detail with things like, okay, maybe it's driving that's your problem. And if it is driving and you're losing, we'll be able to tell you, no, off the five shots, the three shots you're losing are in your driving game. And we'll break it down into many different ways. So one of the ways which has never been done before in the golf industry is we're going to break it down by how many of those three strokes are you losing because of accuracy, how many because of distance, and how many because of penalties. And it might be somebody is actually gaining half a shot in distance, but losing 
two shots because of accuracy because they're like hitting five recovery shots around because they're so long but so wild. So they'll be able to quantify that. Or it might be that you're losing two and a half shots because of distance and will tell you exactly how much distance you need to gain. Or maybe it's penalties. You're maybe taking on too much risk on certain holes where there's out of bounds or water hazard in play. There's going to be four or five views of your strokes gained by each facet, which is driving, approach, short game, and putting. And they're going to be very informative. So I'll give a couple more examples. In driving, we're also going to break it down by dog leg left, straight holes, and dog leg right. So you start understanding your performance on like, okay, maybe I struggle on dog leg rights. Well, why is that? Maybe I'm losing 2.1 shots around on dog leg rights. And maybe it's because you're being too aggressive on a line and going too far right. We'll also break your approach game down by 50-yard increments. So are you struggling from 50 to 100, 100 to 150, 150 to 200, 200 plus? And it might be that all of them you're gaining strokes on, in which case you don't need to worry about it. Or it might be three of those ranges you're gaining strokes on, but you get four looks around from 200 plus and you're losing a shot and a half round from there where the rest of your approach game is great. So there's no reason why this shouldn't be great. So now, now we've given you this hyper pointed ability to diagnose your game and really, really hone in. So next time you're taking a lesson, looking for content online or just practicing on the range for even 15 minutes. Okay, these are the three things where I got to practice. Actually, the other cool thing is we're going to break your approach down by terrain as well. So basically tee boxes, which is par threes, fairway, rough and sand. And I found I was a really good approach player from the fairway. I was gaining 1.9 shots on the scratch golfer, but I was right. losing 1.5 shots on my par three tee shots. And I and I was like, why the hell am I losing one point? I'm like, why am I so good from the fairway? And why do I suck from the par three tee boxes? And I <laughs> right. realized, you know, the only, a day later, I mean, it was just really bugging me. And a day later, I realized that the difference for me is I tee up the ball a little bit on par threes. Fairways, I don't. And so what I did was I stopped teeing the ball up. That's, this is my personal issue. I This was one of the experiments I ran. I'm not saying everybody do this. Everybody's going to have their own different areas of problems. So this is just my specific example. So I stopped teeing the ball up on par threes. And I've dropped 1.2 shots in my handicap over that time. Uh, this is literally five in five rounds. And my average score has improved. My strokes gain on the part threes is now matching my strokes gain fairway. That was really interesting. I would have never had the confidence to try that. Would have never actually had the idea that this is a problem. Would have never had the confidence to make that change if I didn't know that that was a problem. And we're going to also break your putting down by distance, putting momentum. We're going to show you how over the course of the round, your putting progresses. Maybe you start hot, finish weak. Maybe you start really slow and finish strong. Or in the middle is when you pick up and you get fatigued at the end, whatever it is. Like we're going to show all these patterns, all these insights. But the key is while we're going to break all of this down, we're going to really simplify it. Come back to what Steve Jobs said. Real sophistication is simplification. So when you come into the app, we're going to give you the top three things about your game that you should be focused on based on all this AI we've created. And they're going to be simple English sentences, I guess, many different language sentences because we support all these. We were in like 190 countries. So for me, it was par three tee shots, putting from 25 to 50 feet. I was weak. And the third one was actually driving distance, which I got a lesson and I've added. So we're going to really pinpoint that. Nothing like this has been available, not just to, I would say, golfers. doesn't matter what level of golfer you're, but amateur athletes in general in the world. It hasn't been available. Well, I love this. You're actually making my head explode in a good way. I'm a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a data dork and, and nice. love that. And the fact you are then breaking that down, I know with the strokes gained, I can definitely use that. 
I only get a chance to play about 10 or 12 rounds a year. I'm kind of stuck still at around a 16 handicap. I'd love to shave another five off of that and make golf mm-hmm. even more enjoyable. So I got to start digging into that when that's available. And I will say I have used on the course with Arcos that uh, set up for a shot. And yeah, I see the wind direction, the wind speed. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and then I kind of look up and I feel it. It's like, this is actually accurate. This is almost magical. This is the fact you've actually got that <laughs> weather data set there, which is pretty amazing for every single golf course, over 40,000 golf courses. That's the number I pulled. You're probably even more than that now, but it's a, it is amazing. It really is. You've thrown a lot at the wall there, and then you brought it all the way down there as far as distilling that with all the data that you then capture, that you make it very easy for people to digest, that they're not overwhelmed with data, that they can transfer that very into important. golfing yeah. wisdom. And I'll even say what, what you have already there, if I look at, I just pull up, okay, my uh, my pitching wedge or my 52-degree gap wedge, and you've got all the data there, and I see the percentages around the green if I'm long and short. And for me, usually I'm long and left it's like okay mm-hmm. it's probably too much club and also i need to set up farther right because obviously i'm drawing the ball more than i thought so even at that level it's amazing as far as being able to then you know actually yeah to to that point like i just forgot to mention one more thing we also launched a partnership with club champion which is i think the largest club fitting company in the world and the reason that what you said exactly is why we did it i was playing with john k solheim who's the president of ping I was like, John, you got to try this. It's really going to help you. And so the first time we played, we saw his data afterwards. And it was like he was missing left more than his fitting would have suggested. And I told him, I was like, John, yeah, you should aim a little bit more right. He's like, Sal, I don't need to aim more right. I can actually get my club fit so that it goes a little bit more right. I was like, <laughs> wow, really? You can do that? And so then I got we got into the world of fitting and how there's a ton of application of on-course data in fitting. And that's where yeah. that's another path that Arcos is going to positively influence the world of golf. That, or that high performance level there too. That, that's interesting stuff. Well, that kind of segues into uh, one of my last questions here is where do you see the future as far as scale or growth or other opportunities, other partnerships? I know if you've got some of the works, you can't name them. you got to kind of keep that under your hat. But where would you like to see Arcos be in, let's say, three, five years time as you continue to grow? What opportunities do you see? I think we're very excited about our partnerships. We're always working on newer partnerships. We'll hopefully be able to share some more, but there's a ton of momentum. And I think it all is driven by the strength of the product and the fact that it's actually delivering improvement and engagement. And where do I see three, five years from now? Our vision really is twofold. One, that every golfer is going to be a smart golfer tracking their data and insights. And it's not like that we're going to make golf about tracking data. Golf is always going to be about golf and the memories. That's what we're going to deliver is better memories for you. But the secondary thing while you're playing behind the scenes is this engine that's capturing what you're doing so that you can always do better, understand where your problems lie and make smarter decisions and lead to happier outcomes. And then this data, not only is it going to drive decision-making for the golfer, we believe it's going to drive decision-making for the entire golf industry. I would say, based on what I shared with you, I think instruction is going to be very different. Instructors are going to be empowered because right now when you're coming, how's a teacher supposed to know where your problem lies on the course? They haven't gone out and played five rounds with you and understood like what, where are you losing shots And nobody can afford to do that. You can't pay for that stuff. Nobody has that money. This makes it possible for your teacher to be so much more efficient. I would say 10x more efficient in terms of helping you get better. It makes you more efficient in terms of being better because like, like, let's say you're not going to take lessons, but instead you're looking up content online and are a self-tinkerer improver, like this is going to pinpoint that these are the areas that you need to actually dig up content on. 
I think fitting is going to be very different. It's going to introduce like next time you get a driver and you get fit, is it actually adding those extra 10 yards that were there on the launch monitor or is it not on the course? Like that's where the rubber meets the road. And if it's not, the fitters are going to contact you and say like, hey, we're seeing these issues with your on-course data and let's adjust the settings. Why don't you come in? I think that interaction, that's going to become a more interactive relationship. I think club R&D, how clubs are manufactured, golf club companies are going to have much better information on actual real world performance of their clubs when they design a new club. How is it working and how is it performing versus competition versus other past clubs? Are there certain instances like maybe out of thick rough when it's wet? It's not working as well as last year. So the engineers are going to have this data so they can keep making the products better. And, and then your product choices, what golf ball should you play with? Should you play with a Pro V1, Pro V1X, TaylorMade, TP5, TP, like what ball? Like, I mean, nobody has a good answer. Like there's ball fitting, but does that actually, nobody can prove like, is that actually saving your strokes or not? A platform like Arcos is going to allow you to compare my performance versus a, with a Pro V1. I gain more in driving, but I lose a lot more in short game because this ball is better for me. So it's going to introduce the next level way of people looking at it. But once again, it's going to be done in such a simplified way where the answers are served up to you, but we're going to give you the ability to slice and dice to your arts content. But we're going to give you the answers. Yeah. Well, as they say, data doesn't lie, right? Yeah. (laughs) It does not. Then you distill that data down and package that so it is easy to understand, easy to consume. The visuals are great. Yeah. The user experience, the UX design on on what you do is good stuff. I'm I'm a design guy. So I certainly appreciate good design and you certainly have done a great job and work at that. So, hey, as, as we finish up here, I will say, first of all, I did not go back and listen to our episode from two years ago before. Beforehand. I probably should have, but I'm sorry, I got lazy, got busy. Uh, uh-huh. But I do remember two things you said that just have stuck in my mind, and both of them that I really love. One was you said, for hundreds of years, the golf club has consisted of three pieces, mm-hmm. the club head, the shaft, and the grip. And what you've done is you, this paradigm shift, you've added an extra piece. So now actually there's four components to mm-hmm. the golf club. So that one kind of blew my brain in a good way. And the other one I loved also, is you said, you flipped around when learning actually happens, whereas before before it would be on the driving range or in a simulator, but now it's actually on the golf course because that's when the data is collected. And then you can take it back off the golf course for real learning. So there, see, I was listening from last <laughs> yeah, time because, and I, I, believe, I believe those two things and I think they're great from product design. Also, as you mentioned there with a the fourth piece and, and also where you're actually learning. So as we finish up here, I just want you to tell us a little bit about, you talked about the culture at Arcos, mm-hmm. but talk about your team. So you said you had about 50 people. So, so talk about what you do as far as innovation and R&D, and obviously you've got a team dedicated to that. And how are you and the team handling working during distancing and working at home? Because you're in Stamford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. right? Is that where you're based? Yeah, so we have, yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're based, headquartered in Stamford, Connecticut, but we have team members in China. We have team members like data scientists and engineers in Pakistan, uh, Lahore, which is where I grew up. We have engineers here in Connecticut. We have employees in the United Kingdom and then also engineers in Minnesota and California. And I might have missed a couple of locations. So we've been a distributed team. However, like I would say, maybe more than 60, 70 percent of people are in Connecticut. However, I think like the, the way it's impacted us is we're not going to the office. We actually were a little bit ahead. We went to work from home, I would say, first week of March before things went crazy because we knew that we could work from home effectively. We've proven that as a company and it 
felt like the right thing to do to make sure everybody stayed healthy and safe and we didn't infect people around us. I mean, our office is really cool, but it's also like an open floor plan where everybody's together. And so it made sense. And I'd say like, I've been really, really impressed with our team in terms of their ability to be highly productive from home. Part of it is experience. Part of it is the passion for the product that we're so excited about what we do. And part of it is also good communication and alignment. So we know what we're doing, why we're doing it, why it's important, and we're having fun doing it. I think there are challenges. Like I personally love being in the office. I love listening to customer service reps are getting phone calls. What are the issues people are experiencing? I can't overhear that right now. So I talk to them more often. However, that whole like energy in the office is great, but the reality is not sure when people are going to go back to work, but we're going to put the safety before that because like if we start getting sick, then we know it's going to hurt the company too. It's going to hurt our employees. It's going to hurt the business. It's going to hurt everybody. It doesn't make sense to rush back in, especially because we are highly productive from home. And we're fortunate in that, that we can work from home. Yeah, this is interesting times just as far as the kind yeah, of not workplace. Not can do that. Yeah. yeah, workplace culture. It sounds like you've already had a lot of that in place already, even though that high touch being around the people. I know you're a people person and a dad a guy also you're both of those things which kind of makes you uh, the entrepreneur that you are but all workplaces are going to be transformed in in so many ways it's be very so it'll, different it'll be interesting to when we jump on a podcast again in two years sal to see where <laughs> things are then so i'd love to have you back on but until then why don't we wrap it up there because this has been great so before we do once again why don't you let all of our listeners know that may not have checked out arcos golf beforehand how can they easily and best find you they can go to arcosgolf.com, A-R-C-C-O-S golf.com. Arcos is the inverse of the cosine function. It's a mathematical term, which is a tribute to the, it's a, actually part of For Sake of Toss, a tribute to the engineering behind the scenes. And we always want to do that. I love that. In high school, I was a bit of a math dork and oh, yeah. uh, trigonometry fan. Nice. So uh, so yes, the uh, the Arcos, it sticks with me. I love that too. It's good stuff. As I always do, I will include the links that Sal mentioned to Arcos Golf in the show notes for this episode, also in his bio. So it's easy for you to find them and see all the good things that they do beyond what Sal shared with us here today. So with that, Sal Sayed, CEO and co-founder at Arcos Golf. It's great catching up with you, sir. I really appreciate you you spending the time. Yeah, we'll uh, appreciate it. And hopefully we get a chance to see each other in January at the PGA show. Hopefully Hopefully. we're able to do that again, fingers and toes crossed that we can. So you take care, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Sal. Thank you. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sal Sayed, co-founder and CEO of Arcos Golf. If you'd like to learn more, go to our episode show page where we've included additional links and content. I'd like to extend my gratitude and thanks to our sponsor partners, British Columbia Golf and Golf Genius Software, for help making the Mod Golf podcast happen. Without their support, I wouldn't be able to bring you these engaging stories from the golf industry's brightest innovators and influencers. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more of our innovation stories on previous episodes at mod.golf, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcast fix. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now.